we've been saying this for several years now. Here at Voice of Praise Worship Center, we're doing life together. We're just a family of believers, and we're doing life together. We have humps, we have bumps, we have the ups and downs. We have sunny days, we have rainy days. We have all kinds of different uh, circumstances of life, but we are doing it together, and I'm so glad that we have the opportunity to do that. Uh, if you have your Bibles, I want, them to, I want you to turn them to the book of Genesis. Genesis chapter 32, and uh, we're going to read some, probably some very familiar passages of Scripture this morning. Um, it's concerning a guy named Jacob. Is there any Jacobs in the room this morning? Anybody named Jacob in the room? I'm just curious. Okay. Uh, we've had, through the years, we've had, we've had uh, fellows by the name of Jacob among us, and and I pick out them a little bit over their name. Jacob actually means surplanter. Okay? Jacob, the surplanter. And, uh, but even if you're named Jacob, there's hope for you. You say, uh, you say, gosh, preacher, that's pretty hard. You know, I had a, uh, we had a, uh, a young man, uh, in a congregation that I did associate pastor with when I first started in ministry. And that young man, his, uh, his family had given him a certain name that, uh, this child was born before the, the family was saved. And, uh, there, the name they gave that young man had a, uh, a bit of a, uh, demonic connotation to it, if you would. When they got saved, they went to court and had his name changed. They didn't want to keep that same name anymore. But listen. Uh, whatever your name is, we're glad you're here. Genesis chapter 32, verses 24 through 32. So Jacob was left alone. Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until daybreak. This is not any just any man. You'll learn that as we read through the scripture more. When the man saw that he could not overpower him, uh, that... Typically, what that means is that he could not, he could not defeat him. Jacob would not leave him alone. When the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip was wrenched or disjointed as he wrestled with the man. Then the man said, let me go for it is daybreak. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go unless you bless me. The man asked him, what is your name? Jacob, he answered. Then the man said, remember, we've, if some of you have been in Wednesday night services. We've talked about how Simon's name was changed to Peter. Here's another instance of God changing a name. Then the man said, your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel. Because you have struggled with the Lord and with humans and have overcome. Jacob said, please tell me your name. But he replied, why do you ask my name? And then he blessed him there. Let me pause here to give you just a little bit of insight. The man that Jacob is wrestling with is none other than the angel of the Lord. Now, in the Old Testament, many consider, it is many and oftentimes considered 
that the angel, not an angel, but the angel of the Lord is no more than the spirit of the pre-incarnate Christ. But Jacob was wrestling with the presence of God. Physically and spiritually. He said, why do you ask my name? And then he blessed him there. So Jacob called the place Peniel saying, it is because I saw God face to face and yet my life was spared. Then the sun rose above him as he passed Peniel and he was limping because of his hip. Therefore, to this day, the Israelites do not eat the tendon attached to the socket of the hip because the socket of Jacob's hip was touched near the tendon. I want to preach to you this morning with this thought in mind, leaving with a different walk. Jacob had got tired of running. Okay. Jacob, I told you that, that name means surplanter or schemer, if you would. If you study the scriptures leading up to all of this, we, we, we know that Jacob stole his brother's blessing. Jacob was a deceiver, if you would. He used various means of, and very extensive means of deception. Jacob knew he had defaced or defrauded his brother Esau. Now Jacob has come to a point in his life where he is ready to face the music. But Jacob had a plan. And his plan was to, if you would, to gather the influence of God. Uh, If you would, one might say he wanted to butter God up. Have any of y'all ever, and be, let's be honest with ourselves, have any of us tried to butter God up? I've sat in the hospital rooms with people from time to time. I've sat with family, uh, family members that, and, and their loved ones were being weighed in the balances. You know, they're, the, the, the death angel is lurking near. And, and I, and I've, I've heard many people use expressions like, Lord, if you just won't let mama die, I'll, I'll live for you. Or they'll say, Lord, if you'll fix this situation in my life, I'll be faithful to come to church. And let me tell you what, it goes a whole lot deeper than coming to church. I want you to know that. And and many times people want to strike up deals with the Lord. Jacob was a person known to, uh, to, if you would, to strike up deals. And I've oftentimes seen seen and witnessed people that strike up deals and, and and perhaps God did come in on the scene and He did minister and, and then later on in life these people, they would be deal breakers because they wouldn't keep their commitment that they made to the Lord in that time of adversity. Thank God for His mercy and thank God for His grace and I, I believe that the Lord still loves deal breakers. I believe he loves people that, that have gone back on their word and, and he's merciful to them. But, but at the same time, should we really be playing that game with God? We find in this scene a, 
a, a necessary experience. And, the, and that necessary experience, I want you to see what happened. That necessary experience that Jacob had with the angel of the Lord, it occurred in an alone moment. They weren't in the middle of the town. They weren't, they weren't over in the mall. They weren't even in the middle of Walmart. This encounter that Jacob has with the Lord occurs in an alone moment with God in the quietness of of the nighttime, if you would. And, and I'm not saying you can only get a hold of God at night, but sometimes I think it's of absolute necessity that we find ourselves in a quiet place with God. And sometimes the nighttime is as quiet as we can find. But whether it's nighttime or whether it's in the middle of the day, I, I, I think it would behoove us when we, when we have a need in our life, when circumstances in our life need to change, and we realize our lives need to change, we need to, listen, I, I, Early in my, early in my Christian walk, and, 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 and let me, let me just clarify this about myself. I was young and dumb back then. Now I'm just old and dumb, okay? But, but, but the reality of things, we have to learn things and we do grow in our walk with God. But I thought that the only way that I could encounter God was to be, you know, back in my day, back in, back in my young, young days, not that I'm old, really, but back in my young days, I thought that, you know, that's when we had revival every two weeks. You remember, y'all remember those days? We had revival every two weeks at church, or you at least had once a month revival, or at least every fifth Sunday revival, which means that every three months you had revival. I thought that I had to have a revival to pump me up and to get me through, and I tried to live off that until the next revival came along. I failed to realize and I failed to understand. Nobody really explained to me that I need Needed those alone, quiet moments with God to experience Him. But as I matured in my walk, as I matured in my faith walk, I began to find out that that I could experience God in a more intimate way in the quiet. I, hey, I still, you know, I still like one of those good old revival services every once in a while. I still like one of them good shout down, hoe down services. I like, I like all that stuff. All that is good, but let me tell you, there are going to be times when I'm going to need an encounter with God, and there's not going to be a revival service at the church down the road. There's going to be times that I need an encounter with God and the crowd is not going to be around. There's times that I need an encounter with God, but I can find Him in the most intimate way when I'm in the most intimate setting with Him and everything's quiet and everything's still and then I can encounter God in that alone moment. Jacob did not initiate this wrestling match. Now, those of you that maybe watched our drive, you know, Sarah and I do a drive time video every Sunday morning when we're driving to church. I think we got our audio problems fixed. But this morning, as we did our drive time video, and I, I, I included in the caption that, you know, I just put uh, wrestling, and, and, and I said, I made this statement. Now, we're right here in southern West Virginia. Southern West Virginia and Southwestern Virginia. Now, now, for us, if you didn't understand what I just said, Jacob did not initiate this wrestling match with God. For those of you that didn't understand what I just said, I'll repeat it in a different way. 
Jacob did not instigate this wrestling match. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. some of us know it as wrestling, and some of us know it as wrestling. But we all, whether you're a wrestler or a wrestler, John's upstairs, he's a wrestler. I think he's a wrestler. I don't know what he is. He, he, I think he's, uh, he's the bionic spudbuster or something they call him. I don't know. He's got some wrestling name. But, but, but the fact of the matter is, whether you call it wrestling or wrestling, we know that it is actually a physical entanglement with another person. It's a physical engagement. Listen, Jacob did not challenge God, but it was God that came on the scene and he got a hold of Jacob. I want you to know this. God wants to actively engage in your life and in my life. He wants to entangle us. I, know I, I did myself, believe it or not. I only weigh 60 pounds more now than I did back then, but I wrestled when I was in high school. And, and so did Chase and Heath and maybe some others of you have wrestled stuff, but but you get entangled and you get all knotted up and you get all tied up and sometimes you can get your find yourself in a predicament when you're wrestling. Listen, God wants to entangle and engage our life. It was not something that Jacob needed uh, necessarily as far as his thinking was, but 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 he he did in reality need an engagement with. God. And as he became engaged with God, it became so intense that he realized, I can't let go. Let me tell you something. Uh, uh, these guys that have wrestled when they were in high school, let me tell you, one of the worst thing you can do is if you get a hold on somebody is to let go. Because if you get a hold of them and then you let go, they probably don't have you over on your back and they don't pin you. You don't lose is what that means. When we get a hold of God, when God gets a hold of us and we engage with God, we, we're the ones that can't afford to let go. We need to encounter God in an intense way. Jacob was part of God's predestined plan. Now, you say, wow, he changed his name to Israel. That's pretty big. That's a pretty big deal in the scheme of God when he just changed your name to Israel. But you know what? God has a plan for you as well. He has a plan for me as uh, me too, and He wants to engage us. And He He does engage us, but sometimes, come come up here, Heath. Come up here. I remember a little bit. I just don't want you hurting me. Okay? Don't hurt me. Well, hurt me. I I remember when when I I, I wrestled. I wrestled one thirty eight. What'd you wrestle? One thirteen. One thirteen. You still weigh about the same, don't you? I'm just sixty pounds heavier than I was back then. So, so, but, but when when, when you would wrestle, when you would wrestle somebody in high school, you know, and you do like this, but you you lock in, you lock, you lock up, and you push, and and you know, and 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 you and you engage. You can't afford to let go. Listen, thank you, buddy. Listen, you can't, I can still do it. I can still do it when I have to. I just run out of breath, okay? Listen. Listen. I did it at camp a few years ago at one o'clock in the morning in the front yard of the uh, camp. And one of those college boys from down at Emmanuel College, I wrestled him. And he wore me out, but I didn't give up. He never did pin me, did he? But I was out of breath. I had to go lay down. 
listen, you, 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 you tied up. You get, you, listen, we need to become tied up with Jesus. We need to become entangled with Jesus. We need to be, we need to lock up with Him and say, God, I am not letting go. Jacob had got tired of running. Now he is engaged. He is entangled. And listen, it's a one-on-one experience. Pam's, this is her baby boy, okay? She could see us wrestling and she could come over and she could rescue. She could come over and beat me with a frying pan or something to cause me to let go. But listen, no, 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 no. It's a one-on-one experience when we become entangled with Jesus. I can't, I can't come in and wrestle out your situation and you can't wrestle out my situation. It is a one-on-one engagement with Him and we have to be intense To hold on. We have to cry out to God. We cry out to God. Jacob was asking the angel of the Lord for a blessing. He said, I want you to bless me. I mean, this, this guy, this guy's done stole. He's done schemed. He's done stolen. He, he, he's done, he's done whatever he could to acquire what he thought he wanted or what he thought he needed or even deserved. He was, he had done whatever it took. But now he is wrestling with say, I say, I need you to bless me. I think somehow Jacob realized that although he had so much, he was still empty. Because he failed to have the blessing of God over his life. You know, sometimes we can have everything in the world. We can, we can have all the stuff. We can have the houses, the cars, the bank accounts. We can have charge cards. We can have, we can, we can have it all. You know, we can own everything, but yet we can fail to have the blessings of the Lord over our lives. And I think Jacob had, Jacob had arrived in, in a circumstance like that. He realized the thing that he needed the most is what he didn't have. And he really didn't know how to obtain it, I don't think. At least that's my estimation. But the, what Jacob did do, when God encountered him, because Je- God knew that Jacob desired the blessing, and God encounters Jacob, Jacob had to have the tenacity and the intention to continue to wrestle until he got his blessing. By confessing his name when God says, what's your name, boy? What's your name, boy? He said, my name is Jacob. When Jacob stated his name, that name that means surplanter or deceiver, deceiver, Jacob, Jacob, if you would, was confessing his heart. Jacob was confessing the intentions of his heart and the motive of his heart. He was confessing, I'm nothing but a fraud. I'm nothing but a deceiver. I'm, I'm nothing but a cheater. I'm nothing but a liar. That's what he was saying when he said, my name is Jacob. Now, do you, listen, do you think that God didn't know who it was? Of course God knew who it was because God is sovereign. But God needed to hear Jacob say to him, my name is Jacob. I am the surplanter. I am the deceiver. What Jacob did was confess his sin and his weakness to his opponent and his opponent was none other than the angel of the Lord. What many believe to be the pre-incarnate Christ. Hebrews 7 and 7 says, Without a doubt, the lesser person is blessed by the greater person. 
See, Jacob had to become less in order that God could, in order that God could become greater. You see, and, and that same thing holds true for us. And you may say, bless God, I am somebody. You are somebody. I'm somebody too. All of us are somebody. But we have to become less in order that God can become greater. When we become less in order that God become, can become greater, then God can start blessing us. When we shed off all haughtiness, when we shed, shed off all self-sufficiency, when we shed, shed off all pride and all arrogance and all of those, all of those attributes, when we begin to shed those things off, and, and that's exactly what was happening with Jacob. He was shedding while the angel of the Lord was, while they were wrestling and, and while they were encountering one another, all of those things were shedding off. He says, my name is Jacob. He admitted to God who he was. And when he cried out and said, I want you to bless me, let me tell you something. None of us can be blessed unless the blesser is greater than we are. Okay? None of us can be blessed unless the blesser is greater than we are. Jacob admitted that. He, Jacob admitted that to this angel that he was wrestling with. And we know what the scripture says that he realized he had encountered God. Until we realize that God is greater in us. The blesser is greater than we are. He acknowledged that when he said, I just want you. I, I'm not letting go until you bless me. When we realize that. That God is so much greater than us. Now we all admit that, don't we? Oh, God's greater than me. We remember that, uh, uh, you know, in, in our in, in the Pentecostal Holiness Church. I, I guess he's still alive. I don't know if he is. He's probably oldest, oldest because of the hills. But there used to be that guy, Laverne Tripp. He was part of the Pentecostal Holiness Church. Has he ever been here? Did he ever come here? At the old church years ago, and Laverne Tripp said, "My God is greater than any mountain that I can and cannot see." You know, we we say that stuff all the time, uh, but 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 in reality, are we allowing God to be greater than we are? Are we allowing God to be greater than our circumstances? Are we allowing God to be greater than our substance that we have? I got to hurry up. I'm running out of time. I see y'all look, I saw somebody look at their watch. And that didn't bother me until I saw somebody look at their watch and then start going. <laughs> I'm running out of time. The touch of God. The touch of God is how God changed Jacob's life. Now, we, we, again, hey, especially because we're Pentecostals by and large here this morning, you know, we, we, we'll say, I want you to touch me. We sing an old song. He touched me. Whoa, he touched me. We want God to touch us. But what if God touched us like he did Jacob? He touches Jacob in such a way that he cripples old Jacob up. He touched Jacob in such a way. God, God was, God was putting Jacob to the test, if you would. God takes his, his, his finger and he goes into the thigh, into the, the, the thigh joint, if you would. And he touches Jacob in such a way that he disjoints his thigh or his leg. 
And then Jacob, dependency switches. Jacob's dependency switches. He walks. We we was watching Matt Dillon yesterday. Some of you young folks don't know it. Let's Google Gunsmoke, okay? You can watch old episodes on YouTube, okay? And 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 Matthew's deputy was Festus. And Festus walked with a limp. Hey, Matthew, you're not going by yourself. I know they whooped Miss Kitty, but you're not going by yourself. I'm helping you. Watch it. It's yesterday's episode. But anyway, Jacob began to walk. Everywhere Jacob went for the rest of his days, Jacob was leaning on a staff. He was leaning on a cane or a rod, if you would, but it was probably somewhat like this. Jacob had a different walk. Rick Pino, I'll go be a little bit more modernistic with you. Rick Pino, which is a, uh, you know, he's a modern praise and worship leader. Rick Pino said this. He said, others would see Israel or Jacob. Others would see Israel's walk and it would remind them how an encounter with God had forever changed his life. Now, we like to think of the positive things. We like to think of how God has delivered me from this and delivered me from that. God, God, yes, He delivered Jacob from some things, but God also inflicted Jacob. How many of y'all want to be inflicted for, or afflicted for Jesus? Mm-hmm. That's what I thought. I don't see any hands going up. How many of y'all, how many would like to say, I'd like to be crippled up for Jesus. That's, that's my, that's my goal in life. To be crippled up for Jesus. I just want to be crippled up for Him. You know, maybe, maybe, maybe cripple both legs. I give me a double blessing, you know. No, 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 no. No. None of, none of us, none of us are really in pursuit of that, are we? See, Jacob said, I'm going to hold on to you. Bless me. I don't hold on to you, but he, he didn't, he didn't, he didn't probably have a clue that God was going to stick his, stick his finger right in the middle of his thigh and disjoint it. And he was going to be walking on some old stick the rest of his life. He didn't know that. But yet, Jacob walked in the experience that God had for him and God afflicted him. And it's not that God wants to do harm for us. Don't, don't, don't misunderstand me at all. But at death, you find when Jacob died, you can read and you find that Jacob was still leaning on his staff when he died. Hey, everybody was still looking at him. And they said, hey, there's old Jacob. He's getting ready to die. Look at him. He's still hanging on that old stick. But that stick was a sign that he had had an encounter with God. And God had blessed him. And he had left that place with a different walk. And that is exactly what God wants to do in my life and your life. He wants to encounter us in such a way that we won't let go and we'll leave with a different walk. And whether we're walking around on a stick or not, well, that'll be determined, I guess, as we experience God. But the one thing is for sure, He wants us to leave with a different walk than we've ever had before. And only the only way, the only way to have... Shoot, y'all done got me hot. If I had, my, if I had hair, it would be ringing wet right now. Shoot, I'm burning up. The only way to have a face-to-face encounter with the Lord like Jacob had is to understand the glory that came with walking with a limp. 
Hey, what happened to old Jacob over there? Y'all ever, did, he, did he fall off a camel or something and get hurt? No, no, no. Everybody says he had a wrestling match with the Lord. Really? You know, they said God come down and, and stuck his finger right in the middle of his thigh and dislodged his thigh permanently and he's walked like that ever since. So he didn't fall off a camel. No, he didn't fall off no camel. That come from a, that come from a wrestling match with God. Some little kids going down the road making fun of old man Jacob walking around. Old man Jacob. Let's throw rocks at him. He can't chase us. He can't walk too good. And no, young and y'all better not throw no rocks at old man Jacob. Cause old man Jacob, man, he's had an encounter with God. That's the reason he limps like he's limping. I would to the Lord that every one of us in this room and those that are watching today, I would that every single one of us had such an encounter with God that it would be a lasting encounter that when it comes down, if the Lord tarries His coming, and I've got, I've got news for you, I know this is sort of morbid, but if Jesus doesn't come back, everybody in this room is going to die if He doesn't come back before we do. Okay? But when it comes down to that time to leave, and we still don't be holding on to that old stick, we still don't be limping around 120 years old or so, limping around. Somebody's going to say, I'm going to tell you something. They say, I, look at our old, look at our old Ballard Morris, limping around, old as the hills. Still limping around. Man, he had an encounter with God. Look at there. Look at, look at there, at old, old Claudette. She's still hobbling along on that old bad leg. 115 years old. She had an encounter with God. It doesn't really matter how old we are or how old we get. But may our lives, I would to the Lord, that our lives would be a reflection that people could tell that we've had an encounter with the Lord. We've got a different walk. Listen, I still believe. I know I, I know this is not popular here in 2023. 23 years in. A, almost a quarter away into the new millennium. The Y2K. When we thought Jesus was going to come, you know. And, and He didn't. Somebody told a fib on Him, didn't they? Here we are. And this, this, this is not too popular in the scheme of ministry anymore. But I want to tell you something. I still believe that when Jesus comes in, things change. I believe when Jesus comes in, I still believe, behold, all the old things have passed away and everything becomes new. Now I know we ain't, I, I'm not insinuating we're zapped into perfection. I don't, I don't, I'm not insinuating that at all. But, but, but I, I believe, as one person said, we're still dancing, but it's to a different tune. I, I believe thing, I believe thing, I believe Jesus, I believe in an encounter with Jesus brings change to our life. An encounter with Jesus causes a different walk to occur. Now, I'm not, I'm not naming anybody in particular. But you know, we, we hear a lot of teaching and preaching and, 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 and we can hear a whole lot about 
you know, today that God wants to prosper you. He wants to prosper you. He wants to give you, you know, He wants you to drive around in a, a Mercedes. And, see, that don't impress me at all. I'd rather, I, you know, I, I mean, I, myself, I'd rather have a 34 Ford. But, but God, God wants to bless you with this and that. God wants you to, you know, God wants you to, you need to speak this and, you know, you need to have this kind of house. Let me tell you something. Jacob did, J- Jacob was blessed of God, but it, it wasn't blessed in that way. That's, this, it, this man was crippled for life. People looked at it. There had been an encounter. There had been a change. And I'm not saying that God don't want you to have good things. And I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying that God necessarily wants to mangle any of us up. I think we have to look at Jacob as a as a a, a very powerful illustration of an encounter with God. But I want you to know this. Hebrews 11 and 21. I want to read to you. I've already quote. I've already elaborated on it. But Hebrews 11 and 21. This is what the word of the Lord says. I'm reading this from the New New Living Translation. It says, It was by faith that Jacob, when he was old, and when he was dying, he blessed each of Joseph's sons and bowed in worship as he leaned on his staff. Let me show you what this means. Old man Joseph, all bowed over, leaning on his staff, he finds his descendants and he touches them. And he blesses them. Not saying that he can save anybody. But Jacob conveyed the blessing of the Lord that he had encountered the rest of the In other words, he passed it on to the generations to come. This old, broken, down man touched the generations to come. Some of you in this room are older than I am. Somebody told us yesterday, old age years older than you are. I want you to know that you're not, if you, if, unless you're over 71, you're not old, okay? By that. But here, here's, here's the deal. I don't, it's really not, not necessarily important how old you are, but for, for, for those of you older in this room today, we have a responsibility to pass on the blessings of the Lord. The Word of God. We have a we have a responsibility to, to 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 have a different walk in front of the generations that are coming up behind us. That we may we may see a transfer. We may see something happen that is going to cause a younger generation that is wandering far from God to want something. And for those of you that are in this room that are younger, and I'm when I say younger, I'm going to say under forty years old. When you see somebody that's been through the fire, they've been through the flood, you see somebody they are just old and broken down and walking around, but you know they've had an encounter with God, you need to pay attention. You need to pay close attention. Because what they've experienced in life did not just come haphazardly. It came through generations of people that went to the mountaintops to pray. It took to generations that, 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 that fasted meals 
one after another and after another. It took, it took people that were willing to forego persecution just to worship their Lord and their God. See, an encounter with the angel of the Lord created different walls. I hope every single one of you leave this place with a limp of sorts, if you would. I had another slide that was up that was I hope you leave this place with a different sort, a different walk, a different attitude, a different frame of mind, a different way of thinking, a difference in your priorities. Out your heads. Close your eyes, please. If you're in this room and you're not saved, or if you've drifted far away from the Lord, it's a good time to have that up close and personal encounter. It's a good time for you to have the wrestling match with the Lord. A wrestling match with the determination that you're not going to let go until He has blessed you. Not blessed you with materialism. Not blessed you with stuff. But blessed you with a life that's been changed in such a way that people will know touched in such a way that it's going to follow you the rest of your days. So today, if you've never been saved, or if you've drifted far away from the Lord, but you know you need to get on back home, I just want you, without any embarrassment, I just want you to lift your hands real quick and say, pray for me, preacher. Anybody in this room, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Number of hands. Thank you. Man, a number of hands are going up in this room. Any more? Pray for me, preacher. You know, I realize we're in the corporate setting. As we're in the corporate setting, we're not, I don't have you all come for prayer here just momentarily. So everybody, you're getting yourself ready to come up for prayer. But but here's the deal. I, I, I believe in the corporate setting. I believe in the church. You can look at me for right now. But I want to tell you something. It, it, do, it doesn't all happen right here. We're here for support. We support one another. We encourage one another. But you need to be determined. I'm going to have, I don't have the private wrestling match that I need to God. I don't pursue them in my private time. I don't pursue them in my private life. I'm going to ask everybody that can. Those of you, and there were several in this room today that raised your hand. I'm going to ask you to just blend in and come right on down with everybody else. And everybody that can and will, I want you all to come on down here. And we're just going to corporately pray for a life change experience that's going to leave us with a different walk than what we had when we came in. Come on down here and join me.